Welcome to the Pleasure Provocateur, a weekly devotion to pleasure that invites the erotically curious to break free of cultural conditioning and dive deep into the realms of erotic exploration. I'm your host, Laray, erotic embodiment coach and founder of Slutty Girl Problems, supporting you to let go of shame, empower your pleasure, and embody and express your authentic self. Join me on a journey as we unravel the intersection of sex and society to cultivate deeper connections and expand and embolden our pleasure. This episode is part of the Erotic Artistry series, bi-weekly conversations with sex-positive artists where we explore art's powerful influence to shift paradigms and empower our erotic expression. Hello, my pleasure seekers. Excuse my voice this week. This is a special bonus episode with Erica Moen where we are talking all about mental health. And between the original recording and now, I have lost my voice, so I am a little hoarse recording this intro. Erica and I go really deep in this bonus episode talking about our mental health and the intersection with sexuality when we aren't feeling like our best selves, when we're depressed, anxious, struggling to get by. can not only affect how we interact with ourselves, the world, our partners, but how we even view ourselves as a sexual being. So we talk about that at length and the different modalities that have supported us from DBT or dialectical behavioral therapy to IOP or intensive outpatient program and my experience in a PHP program, which is a partial hospitalization program. So we go really deep on how much that supported us on our journeys and how reaching out for the mental health help that we needed at the time really helped us to fully come back to ourselves and start to understand what was going on in our minds so that we could show up in the world as our best selves and learn new tools to cope and communicate and connect and navigate those tough emotions. So special bonus episode ahead, and I hope that you enjoy it. Yeah. And I love that your work really opens that for us to be self-accepting of ourselves, not just in our sexuality, but in all the nuanced ways that we might be weird or quirky or different and speaking to not only the taboo and private topics and ways that most people shy away from, but pieces about mental health and that intersection. So How did you start to come to terms with uh, your own quirks and those pieces that can sometimes feel tough? And what does that look like for you on your journey? Uh, A lot of therapy, I guess. Um, Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Finding uh, finding friends who uh, who who liked me in spite of the things I hated about myself. Who maybe even liked me because of the things I hated about myself. And so finding uh, love and acceptance from others <laughs> is what I needed to uh, to start seeing myself more kindly. That's all I got for this moment. <laughs> what about you? Yeah. Um, gosh. Also a lot of therapy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm learning just mm-hmm. as much about myself and the world every day. And when it comes to accepting my own weirdness, it's really been a process of trial and error. And you're so right, like finding community, finding 
the pe- people and pieces of you that just like shine. And I feel like it's most often those weird pieces. And it's so weird existing on the internet and on mm-hmm. places like Instagram, where you see these perfect, polished visions yeah. of people's lives and the highlight reels that in some of my worst depressive moments, yeah. I had to mute so much from my social media because mm-hmm. I was like, I'm barely able to get up and brush my teeth. Like I'm, I can't think about who's on a European vacation right now Mm -hmm. or like, like I'm so happy for my friends having new babies, but like all the cute baby pics when Mm -hmm. I'm like going through it, you know? So uh, it's just, it is such a journey. And I I love when um, you talked in actually your Magic Wand Plus review Mm -hmm. about mental health and depression and not only the damper that it puts on our sex lives, but just like how it graze our lives in general. Mm -hmm. And I also struggle with depression, bipolar, PTSD. And Mm -hmm. I went to a PHP program last summer to really get intensive about that work and do EMDR and somatic Mm -hmm. and neurofeedback. And oh my gosh, I was just non-functional. It was like I needed to go somewhere to reset and get help. And it definitely affected how I related to myself and to others as a sexual being. And there was a point where I was like, oh my God, am I ever going to recover from this? Am I ever going to be okay? Am I ever going to want to be in relationship again or feel safe in relationship again or feel safe in a sexual context? Mm -hmm. Just like all those fears. Um, So I'm curious how that journey has been for you as well. And I have some I have some follow up questions, Ooh, oh but uh, yeah, we'll start there. <laughs> okay, well, um, so I also have been through a hospital program called IOP, the Intensive Outpatient Program, and PHP that stands for Partial Hospital. That, yeah, that's Partial Hospitalization. So I believe IOP is like um, a certain. I think it's just different amount of hours a day, but you still go home at the end of the day, yeah. essentially. Yeah. Yeah, I, IOP is for people who have just like who can still go home, who can still basically keep themselves alive and basically be functional, um, and, and also people like who are freshly coming out of being fully hospitalized. Like their their exit plan from the hospital is to do IOP next to kind of like transition from hospitalized to okay, now you can go home, but you're still coming to the hospital every day. Um, and like PHP, were you, do you stay overnight there or? So PHP is also kind of an in-between. It Mm -hmm. was eight to 10 hours a day. So you're Mm -hmm. basically so tired at the end of the day that you just go home (laughs) and sleep. Uh So they're like, we trust you to take care of your own needs at home, Mm -hmm. but like be here all the time. Right. Yeah. Okay. So (laughs) other than at night. (laughs) Yeah. IOP was more like going to school every day. I think it was from like nine or eight until three thirty. so it was just like it was it was just like going right back to school um and and all the the first day of school jitters and there's all these different people and like who's gonna be my friend and where do I sit and other people yeah. already know the system and I don't and <laughs> Uh-huh. Um, I yeah. felt the same way and like like what things do we share to talk about mm-hmm. at lunch and like yeah. you don't want to talk about too much or ask too many questions. Yeah. <laughs> How long were you yeah. in? Yeah. Uh I was in for 3 weeks. Yeah, okay. I was I did 4 weeks, I think. 
Um, yeah, and I w- I actually flew out to California for it because um I needed something that was trauma specific. A lot of the mm-hmm. stuff on the East Coast was more um, addiction related, and I mm-hmm. needed like relationship trauma, abuse trauma, yeah. sexual trauma, deep dive. Yeah, yeah. Um, I personally like I I I call IOP space camp. Um, because I I would come home and like rather than saying like how was IOP it's like how was space camp today it's just like I'm going off to I camp. love that going to so space camp. much <laughs> okay so I'm I'm gonna say space camp going forward and, and just everybody cool. remember that means IOP <laughs> um let's do it I actually started um like lovingly referring to myself as a grippy socks girl <laughs> after my PHP oh that's cute. love my grippy socks <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um I space camp is saved me. Um, I, I wasn't gonna kill myself, but I, like it still saved my life. <laughs> it, it saved my my reason. Saved it. It made life worth living. And uh, I yeah. So I went in because for the last several years I had um, I, I had had several nervous breakdowns from. From working on Ojoy uh, and the attention that it got, um, and it's just like it's it it's it's a lot and it's hard. Um, and I just wasn't coping with it very well anymore. And uh, and then on top of that, obviously, like depression from forever, uh, just from mental chemistry that I was born with, and then PTSD and it just all snowballed together where I basically, I, I don't know, like I could still, I, I remember I went into my psychiatrist to check in on my meds and the psychiatrist you just meet with, well, I only meet, meet with mine like once every three months. So it's not like a weekly therapist where you're going through your issues. It's more just like on a chemical, what chemicals do we need to, to keep you functional kind of a thing. And she's like, how are you doing? And I was like, oh, well, you know, I'm functional, blah, blah, blah. And I, I explain it. And then she's like, okay, okay, well, I'm going to give you two options. Either I would like to have you hospitalized. And I'm like, I'm sorry, say what now? Like, I'm functional. I go to work. I ha- I maintain my relationships. I bathe. I like, I'm, I'm functional. It's like, or uh, I would like you to do the intensive outpatient program, like starting now. And so, yeah, I, I, I guess like what I, I was in a lot worse shape than I thought I was, but like, it's, I was functional, but I guess you need to be more than functional. (laughs) Yeah. Sometimes the people near you see it before you do. I was not functioning. I was like in bed crying all the time Mm -hmm. and my roommates um, were taking care of me, but I didn't realize that them taking care of me was becoming like, I thought I was just going through like a breakup sadness and then Mm -hmm. it ended up like lasting for months. And then it Mm -hmm. was like, they were so loving to me, but it was turning into a a very scary thing for them. Mm -hmm. So they like called my family, got my Mm -hmm. family involved. They were like, some, like something bad is going to happen to Lorraine. We need mm-hmm. to figure out like how to get her help. So I completely agree. It saved my life. And there was still times after 
the program that I was like, I need to still integrate so much of this into my life because it's just like it blasts you with all of this yeah. deep dive info. And then you have all the puzzle pieces now and you're like, how do I put this together? Like I felt like Humpty Dumpty that fell off the wall. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, all right, it's still up to me to like put the pieces back together yeah. again now that I have all this information. Well, then after I graduated from space camp, I then got enrolled in a DBT program, which is dialectical. I love DBT. Yep. DBT also saved my life. And like yep. you said, um, the slogan of DBT is like, make a life worth living. <laughs> yeah. And and something uh, that uh, a little uh, catchphrase or sentence that I heard at some point was that, you know, you can't get rid of suffering in your life. Uh, that's just that's just part of being alive. That's just part of being a human. But you can r- misery. You can't you can't stop tragedy oh. and misery from your life. But you can reduce the level of suffering. So even though we're still going to experience pain, we can kind of moderate how that pain takes over our whole life and how we process it and how we deal with it. And um, yeah, so I did DBT for six months again at the same hospital. Uh, fewer hours this time. I think I only went in for three hours uh, a couple times a week. And yeah, between DBT and space camp, it just very much helped rewire my brain and rewire how I, 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 I process all the negative stimulation that I have to deal with and, and my own brain yeah. trying to cannibalize itself. Oh, I feel that so much. Sometimes I feel like my brain is just my own worst enemy. And now I have to consciously be like, nope, not going to listen to that intrusive thought or like, Mm -hmm. that's just my automatic coping mechanism to go to like a dark thought. And I'm like, nope, not going to listen to you. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, and and like part of dialectical as as you, I'm just telling the listeners, I know you probably already know this, but it's, it's a dialectical is, is about being able to hold two different ideas that conflict and hold them both at the same time and give them space to both coexist. So like when that dark thought comes up in your head, uh, like rather than just saying like, oh, well, it's wrong and I shouldn't think that. Instead, you're like, okay, I'm thinking this thought like that is definitely happening right now. And that is coming from some legit place. Like there's some pain in me that is making that thought come up. That's true. And also what is the counterpoint to that? It is also true yeah. that I am a functioning person, that I have friends, that like you you can hold both these truths at the same time and kind of like remain more balanced rather than spiraling into the negative thought or fighting against the negative thought. Yeah. Um, internal family systems, IFS, mm-hmm. or some people will call it like inner child work or inner parts work has also helped me so much with that because when I have those negative dark thoughts, I'm like, there's something really deep inside me that mm-hmm. is clearly in pain and needs something and is hurting. So what can I do to honor that part, soothe that part, tell mm-hmm. it that it's safe and that like I'm the adult in the room that can take care of it and meet its needs and that it doesn't have to be scared or afraid and it's like still a journey every yeah, day yeah. like oh, yeah. i'm in a safer connection um with somebody now and all of those parts come up because they're like like ding 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 unsafe unsafe and i'm like mm-hmm. no 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 actually this is a really safe thing you're just so used to being unsafe but like yeah. i got you and if this actually yeah. became unsafe i would know what to do now yeah 
Yeah, it, how it, to handle it. DBT gives you this toolbox to work with. Um, so when these yeah. things come up, as the, like you're like my, I I had decades of I would get triggered and that would just be it. I I am just triggered. There is no more Erica here. Uh, All day, three days, forget it. (laughs) Yeah, no, just like that's it, game over. And now when I'm exposed to my triggers, like I I still get my initial adrenaline. I, I, I get this cold fluid sensation that runs through my head and down my neck. And I guess it's like my adrenaline releasing or something. Um, And so I still have that physical reaction to being triggered. But I just, I have this toolbox now and I can say logically, okay, Erica, what you're experiencing right now, you are being triggered. Let's run through all the stuff that you've already learned and you already know and all the counterpoints to this that we've already gone through. And like now I will have times where I get triggered and I am functional and okay again within like 10 minutes. And that is just- Hell yeah. Shocking. Like I never thought that I could get to that kind of a point in my life and that I'd be able to do it by myself without somebody else by my side being like, okay, just breathe. Like, fuck yeah. Fuck yeah, DVT. Yeah. (laughs) Hell yeah. I feel the same way because like I can feel myself getting into like fight, flight, freeze, or fawn. Mm -hmm. And then now I'm like, okay, this is happening. I know what this is. And maybe I can't get myself out of it right away, but I know enough to take a pause so that Mm -hmm. I don't ride that ride. Because I'm like, if I ride this ride, it's just going to get dark. (laughs) And like, I can like just try to stop it in its tracks a little to Mm -hmm. start to think through what are those coping tools and all of that. And I love that you also bring this in through your work, has that been challenging to talk about? I know for me, I was like, oh, I talk about sex. Who's going to want to hear my mental (laughs) health stuff? And then Mm -hmm. as I started talking about it, everybody was like, oh my God, I have been through depression too. I've also been to like a different type of program, whether it was IOP or inpatient or like, you know, I have PTSD too. And I did Mm -hmm. DBT or, you know, people have suggested like, oh, I've done ketamine treatments and Mm -hmm. mushrooms or whatever. Like I was amazed that people that were following me for sexuality were like, oh, me too, me too. And then it opens this door of like, wow, we are all human going through this hard stuff. I had never heard of the intensive outpatient program uh, until I went through it. And then I started mentioning that in the comics where we're still reviewing sex toys. And I'm like, hey, guys, I'm, I'm going through a thing right now. Here's where I'm at here's how I feel about this toy. So being honest about that. And I have now heard from so many people who are like, oh, dude, me too. I also went through IOP. I also went through PHP. I also was hospitalized. And, and I, like, there's so many of us. Um, And it's, I, I feel like I'm part of a club. Like, like we all, we all did this thing. And it was so, like we all reached a point that was so low and so scary and we pulled ourselves through it and survived it. And not to say like, and now it's done. Like I, I met people who have had to go through these programs multiple times. And at some point I may have to go through the program again too. Um, but just knowing that, like, I am so proud of us. I feel so much love and so much pride for everybody who's 
who's gone through and done this incredibly hard thing when they're at their most vulnerable and they've gone in and opened themselves up to learning brand new hard shit when they're in barely working order. Like that is so hard and we all did it. That's so cool. I'm so proud of us. <laughs> I am too. It really is amazing. And sometimes it takes getting to these low moments to go on that journey to be able to like reach that like I don't know I, I never would have reached for the tools right like if I hadn't mm -hmm. gotten to such a low point and then you get to a point where you can't do anything but that it's time so putting into the comics that I, I went through space camp I've now also heard from people who are like I also never knew space camp IOP existed and I have now gone and like I've gotten like people have gone and gotten enrolled in these programs from having read it in my comics which is really cool and humbling I um, love that or I had people tell me well my therapist told me that I they wanted me to go do IOP and I was like no that's for the super crazy people and then they're like oh but Erica did it and she's you know she's her own kind of crazy but she's not like crazy crazy and um totally. and so yeah it really just, normalizes um, it yeah, And it was I, something I also mm -hmm. felt like ashamed of, especially because I had to take off work and yeah. like put my whole business on pause mm -hmm. and then to come back and be like, sorry, I was like half in the hospital half the day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But it's no, that I, pause that we needed in our yeah. lives and yeah, destigmatizing that. I, I felt embarrassed, shy to tell people at first um, that I was going through IOP just because I don't know, I, my, my, my perception of the kind of person who would be going through the program was a really negative one. And I was like, but I'm, I'm functional. And like, I don't, do I, do I really qualify to be here? Is this, is this, is this program for somebody who's still functional in life? But anyway, and I was just, I, I felt like my friends would be like, Erica, you don't need that. Like, Come on, Erica, just suck it up. You're 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 basically doing okay. That's for people who really can't take care of themselves. Um, and also, I was afraid I would make well, my friends scared. Like, I was afraid they'd be like, "Do we need to put you on suicide watch?" And it's like, no, you don't need to worry about me. I'm just. But anyway, but that wasn't the case. My friends super fucking supportive, and just every time I would tell somebody, it got easier to tell the next person. And then like, basically I was meeting people for the first time, like strangers and I'd be like, so what are you been up to? And I'm like, well, IOP. <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. And honestly, like everyone that I met in my program was just like the brightest, sweetest empath souls. And that had just gotten broken by a situation or a partner or a you know, system or whatever, like whatever it was that they had went through, like just felt like it took a piece of their spirit. And like, you know, at least I felt kind of like shattered a little bit and oh, yeah. broken and everybody was just like such a bright light. And so often we can see it in another person. Like mm -hmm. I saw it in everybody in the program, but we can't see it in ourselves. Yeah. Well, something. Okay. And I am going to get back to your other question, which was a very good one. You're fine. Um, one thing I appreciated about being in space camp was like, yes, there are the people that, that do have a shining light in them. You're like, oh, I, I, I aspire to that. But then also being surrounded by people who were still actively at their lowest and who were still hmm. not okay yet. And 
feeling okay and safe to for that to be the case. It was like I I felt very validated being in a room with other people who like some people were essentially like close to being nonverbal, um people who would like just start crying and it was like yeah dude I'm right there with you and I it, my audio that make me cry uh, <laughs> memories but just <laughs> knowing that like like and we would be in a circle together and people would not go into detail about like well this is the specific thing that happened that got me here they would just be like I am feeling this I am struggling with this and I'm not knowing the backstory and it was so universal and to be in a room where you knew that everybody understood exactly where you're at and you didn't have to explain it to anybody and you didn't have to like put a positive spin on it either. It just, we, it was a place where we could just go be that and know that we're not a drain on our loved ones and, and we're not having to worry them. Like we can, we can be our raw selves here right now. Like that, that really meant a lot to me. Yeah. I that that was reminding me of a memory of um I had just had like a really hard day at the program and during like one of the breaks where you can go do your own thing I went out to the courtyard and I just started crying I was like in yeah. a private area by myself just like silently bawling and this girl who I had never talked to before who had kind of been like a a loner in the program we hadn't met um she was had been really keeping to herself like just came over to me and put her arms around me and must have just like held me for like 20 minutes while I cried it was just like this beautiful (laughs) like stranger to stranger moment of empathy that just like she got me through that day and like checked in on me the next day and it was just like yeah the empathy and kindness of strangers too just like always blows my mind yeah yeah you got me all teary too (laughs) okay all right so enough of that Thank you so much for tuning in, my pleasure seekers, for this special bonus episode. Go follow Erica Moen and stay tuned for her upcoming book, which dives even more into this experience of the intersection of mental health and her journey as she navigated that in space camp. (laughs) We will be back next week with a brand new interview, and I am so excited to share it with you. So be sure to stay tuned, like, subscribe, and follow wherever you like to listen. And I will see you next week. Until then, indulge in your pleasure.